what is the point of the Bible? What is the purpose of God's word? What is the point of God's word? How relevant it is? How can it be applied in this modern contemporary setting when it holds what people call ancient truths? What the principles teach, what the commands teach, and what are the importance of the promises in God's word? Why is it important that as a child of God, I spend time reading, studying, memorizing, and applying God's word? Last week we spoke about church and we said we are here to seek and to share the gospel with others. We are here to help others, right? Remember shine, we are here to include others, to nurture others. And the E in shine is to, we are here to exalt the name of the Lord. Amen? Amen. We have one verse this morning. Um, it's from First Timothy chapter 4. I'm going to ask you to find that in your Bibles. Mark it with your finger or your Bible marker. We're going to stand for the reading of God's word. And then we're going to get into it this morning. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. It may sound a little different from yours, but it really means the same. Come on, just lift the Bibles up. And declare with me that this is God's word. Not Pastor Omar's word. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be what it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive, my ears are opened, and I better not go to sleep. I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Let me read for you. Verse 7 says, Do not waste time arguing over godless ideas and old wives' tales. Instead, train yourself to be godly. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning for thine word. Thine word is truth. In the beginning was the word. The word was God. The word was with God. The word became flesh and dwelt amongst men. Spirit of the living God, Open every heart, eye, ear, mind this morning to see, hear, receive, and understand your timeless principles, commands, and promises. May we be more than mere hearers of your word. 
Lord, we pray for a Holy Spirit endowment. We pray in the name of Jesus for strong convictions. We pray for a transformation of our hearts and a renewal of our minds. Spirit of the living God, let every person in this room, every person hearing, hear what the Spirit of God is saying. Populate this place with your power, your presence, and your majesty. Heal the sick amongst us. Restore strength to the weak. Lift up the downtrodden and set the captives free. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you so much. You may be seated. See, there's no spiritual discipline more important to the Christian than the intake of God's word. There, there is no healthy Christian life apart from daily intake of a diet of God's word. So the Christian should feast on God's word daily. I'm going to give you why. Let me give you some reasons. We feast on God's word because in the Bible, God's word, God tells us about himself. God also reveals himself. He tells us of his creation and he tells us of his incarnation. In the Bible, God reveals his law and how mankind has broken it. He shows us how all have fallen short of his expectation for our lives. How all of us have sinned. In the Bible, God shows us how he sent his son Jesus to live a sinless, sinless life and to die for sinners. In the Bible, God teaches how we can be forgiven and have a home in heaven. In the Bible, God instructs us on how to behave while we remain here on earth. We find how to live and how to truly love. We find detailed instructions on how to relate to God and how to relate to people. For these reasons and many others, if you desire to be in a relationship with God that is healthy, you need to spend time in God's word. It is impossible to attain, achieve spiritual maturity and growth outside of the word of God. It is health to our spiritual lives. See, none of this eternal essential information can be found any place else except for the Bible. Therefore, if you want to know God, and as Paul instructs Timothy about becoming godly, we must know the word of God. Yet for many Christians, neglect of God's word is very common. 
we read the Bible every now and then. And even when we read it, we don't read enough of it. And so today I'm going to give you six ways you can get a grasp on God's word. Because of, as I've already said, intake of God's word is vital for healthy Christian growth. You need the word of God. And my prior is that after today, every child of God hearing me will have a daily intake of God's word. You know, it's very hard for us to fast, many of us, to abstain from food because it affects our health. When many of us abstain from food, it affects us health-wise, in a natural sense. When you're hungry for food, you have physical sicknesses. We, we call it gas. In other words, air fills up the space that food is supposed to, unwanted and unnecessary air fills up the space that food should occupy, and that unwanted air or so-called gas causes you to feel sick. In the same way, when we don't intake enough of God's word, unnecessary things fill the space that God's word ought to occupy in our lives. And we get sick. The principle apply in the natural and in the spiritual. Amen? So, here we go. Number one, to get a better grasp on God's word, we need to hear God's word pretty simple that, that's like the beginning you have to hear it you have to hear God's word faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ hearing by the word of Christ so faith comes by hearing and then it instructs us what we ought to hear so we can have faith. What are we ought to hear? We ought to hear God's word because hearing God's word affects the maturity of your faith, faith and it affects the application of faith. In other words, how I apply faith in my life is dependent on the word that I'm bringing into my life. To properly appropriate the faith you have in God you have to properly appreciate God's word. If you don't have God's word, you will not be able to appropriate faith in your life correctly. So if I ask this morning, how many persons in here would have like to have more faith? Increase faith. And mature faith. Most of us would say me. I would. Then if you want to do that, listen to the word of God. It is the easiest way to get into God's word. And it is the most common way. Listen to God's word. You can purchase the Bible. Not just in written form, but you can also get it in audio form now as well. In fact, the app on your phone has it. Play it and listen to it. 
Amen. Play it and listen to it. Play it in your car. Replace some of the songs with some scriptures. Hear the word. The problem though is that we tend to forget 95% of what we hear within 72 hours. That's just the rule. This is not good for pastors. <laughs> In fact, for some of us, it takes a lot less time than that. So much of what we hear, we forget unless we write things down. You know why we give you handouts? Because I know that when you leave out of church and somebody asks you, how was church? You said, good. And they ask you, what was the sermon about? Check me back tomorrow. You don't even remember the key text. So when we write it down, it helps us to remember. You see, we are going to forget 95% of what was said this morning by Wednesday. I mean, like I said, and then for some of us, by the time you have your Sunday dinner and you fall asleep, you wake up, the stresses of life again reinvade your space and you forget everything. So that's why people go week after week year after year to church and not just to grow but to keep hearing they don't really remember it so how can you apply God's word to your life if you don't even remember God's word and that is the problem some of us don't have journals I always tell people if God is really who God is and God talks to you why wouldn't you record it why are we taking the risk of, forget, of forgetting what this eternal, all-powerful God is saying? If He is so important, why aren't we taking minutes in our meetings with Him? Jesus said, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. So let me give you one basic way to improve your hearing. If you want to improve your hearing, take notes on what you hear. <clears throat> Hebrews 12 verse 1 says this. We must give our full attention to what we are told. So that we don't drift, we won't drift away. We must give our full attention to what we were told. It means when someone is speaking, you give full attention to it. How do I do that? I write it down. I write down the details. It's like you're going to an a, 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 a architect to give him the idea for your house. Are you talking to him? Are you ever talking to somebody something important? You're giving them instructions and they're just standing up there. And you said to them, you're not, you're not writing it down. And, and they said to you, no man, may I remember everything, man. And you said to them, you know what? I'd really prefer if you write this down. Has it ever happened to you? Yes. And they insist that they remember. 
And then they forget the most important detail of all you are saying. And it causes conflict. Imagine God is giving you instructions. And you're not writing it down. And you do the parts you remember. But you forget the most important parts. People, we ought to write it down. So the best way I have found to remember something is to write it down. In fact, I've heard it said, a short pencil is longer than the best memory. When I listen to other preachers, I take notes. I open up my, Bibles and un- my Bible and underline. I keep an outline of the sermon. I want to challenge you to keep a spiritual notebook. A spiritual notebook is a tool designed to help you organize and retain the blessings, the promises, the principles, the commands, the instruction, the prophecies, the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge that God is communicating to you. You never know. Six years from now, he wants you to share that thought with someone. But you didn't write it down. There are sermons I do today that I had the thoughts long, long ago in my devotions. And I have them in books. And then I said, hold on. I remember I was going through that and this came to mind. Where did I write it? The problem I have is not writing it down. It's to remember which book it is written in. But you have to write it down. So James says, The one who looks steadily at God's perfect law, speaking of the Bible, and makes that law his habit. He says, not listening and forgetting them, but actively putting it into practice will be happy In all that he does. This is the Phillips translation. In other words, James is saying, listen. If you can't remember, you can't practice. And to remember, you need to listen. And you can't retain everything that you listen. So write it down so you won't forget it. And then you'll put it into practice. You can't practice what you don't remember. So the first step to get a grasp on God's word is to listen to what God has to say to us. The second way to get a better grasp on God's Bible, um, on the Bible, is we, we need to read God's Word. In other words, we need to read the Bible. We need to read the Word. Not just hear it, but read it. Reading God's Word gives us a little better grip on God's Word than just hearing it. Don't just play it In your car, get a Bible and read it. Don't just read it on your phone. Get an actual Bible. How often should we read God's word? I believe we should read a portion of God's word daily. Every day you should read the word. Let me say that again. Every single day we ought to read the word of God. In fact, look at what the Bible says about a godly man in Deuteronomy 17 verse 19. Speaking about a godly person. 
It says this. The scripture shall be his constant companion. If you are going to be godly, the scriptures must be your constant companion. I want you to read this with me so you can see that it is in the Bible. I want you to underline it. It says, he must read from it every day of his Want us to I want us to think about that. He must look at the language, must read from it every day of his life. So that he will learn to what? To respect the Lord. His God by obeying all his commands. The honor and the respect. This is from the Living Bible. The honor and the respect you show to God is dependent on how often you spend in God's word. So God wants us to read the word of God on a daily basis. That's why I'm giving you something to help you read the Bible every single day. In fact, Jesus said, give us each day our daily bread. This applies to spiritual food as well as physical food. Give us this day our daily bread. So let me give you a couple of suggestions on how to read God's word. Because you're saying, Pastor, I struggle. I don't know how to read it. I don't understand it. I don't get it. I don't know what's the best way, what time, and all of that. So let me just give you some basic ways that, to help you. Number one, read a Bible systematically. And that's a big word, but we're going to break. Systematically. System. Just think about a system. Your, your function in the workplace have a system. There's a way that people cash out if you work as a teller or a cashier. There's a system. Like things, it's a process. It's a way how things operate and how things flow so you can get the best results at the end. Read a Bible systematically. You may not want to read it cover to cover. You may. I don't know. But if you don't read it that way, I suggest you pick a book of the Bible and you read a book at a time. Easy way. That's systematic. Read a book at a time. So don't scan through today and read one chapter from Samuel and then read one chapter from Matthew, then read one chapter from Micah, then read one chapter from... You, you understand me? Read the Bible systematic. So, so look at this. When you read a letter, you don't read the last part, then the first part, then the middle. You read it straight through. You don't just pick up the letter and read the letter has 23 paragraphs and say you read paragraph 2. And next week you read paragraph 4. And then you come back a year after and you read paragraph 1. Do you do, you do that? I, I don't. Right? To read the Bible systematically, you'll need to read the entire Bible. Not just your favorite part. In fact, many of the books in the New Testament are letters. 
They are meant to be read straight through. They are letters. They are letters to churches and letters to people. And if you're going to read the people, them letter, at least read it, read it, read the letter like how it right. Don't start from the back of the letter. <laughs> Amen. I, I know some of you love the Psalms and you love the Proverbs because that's a nice and you know who's I, I, I love them too. But don't get stuck there. You know why? Because you don't want to be embarrassed. And it's going to be embarrassed when you get to heaven. And Habakkuk comes up to you and says, Hey, how did you like my book that I wrote, man? And then you don't even know. You're going to say, really? There's a book. Thought you were just a prophet. <laughs> where, where, where are you? <laughs> you don't want that. You don't want to be embarrassed. Michael, come and ask yourself. I mean, tell me. When you were reading the story, the, the, you know, my minor prophet story, what did you get? Uh, let me, well, let me, let me call Pastor Omar Michael. So come back. Hey, Pastor Omar. Hey, come over. Hey. Read the Bible systematically. Read a Bible without notes. Alright, like this Bible, this is a new Bible, it has no notes. Very important that you do that. Right? None of your notes and nobody's notes. There are times to read the Bible with people's notes and there are times to read the Bible with your own notes. But when you're in a new season... You need to get God's notes for that season of your life. Amen? Amen. So I've talked to you already about taking notes. It's a good thing, but when your Bible gets full of notes, buy a new one. It's a great investment in your spiritual development. You see, so, some people have Bibles that every page, every verse has a notation by it. Bless the Lord. That's good. But you know what happens? When you read that Bible over and over, you have a tendency to see the same things over and over again. You get no new insight. You have to change it. So I suggest you have a Bible you use for your quiet time when you're reading that has no notes at all in it. So you see something fresh. Every time you go into God's word. So that brings me to the third suggestion about reading God's word. Read a Bible in different translation. Amen? Different translation. Right? I suggest that you read from different translation. The message Bible is excellent and very readable. A very readable Bible. It has a very simple vocabulary for those of us who don't have a very big vocabulary. The Living Bible is a paraphrase. The Phillips is a paraphrase. But they are very good for Bible reading. So you have to understand that some Bibles are translation. Some Bibles are paraphrase. Alright, so do you understand what the difference between a translation is? Alright, so a translation is when the, the writer of that Bible goes to the original language and translate it. A paraphrase is when they take what is already translated and paraphrase it. Uh, we get that? Alright. 
So let's go again. So when someone goes to the original Greek and Hebrew and do a Bible, that's a translation. It has been translated from the original languages. Alright? When I take this already translated Bible and do something from it, it's not a translation. I am paraphrasing. Amen? Alright? So some people like to read through the Bible every year. That's a good thing. Each year you should buy a new translation and read it through. You see, I have gained a lot of insight into the scripture by reading, uh, reading from a variety of translations. Alright? So now let's move on to the next way to get a better grasp on the Bible. We need to study God's word. We need to hear God's word. We need to, we, we, we need to read God's word. And then we need to study God's word. Alright, the early Christians not only heard the word of God, r- read the word of God, but they also studied the word of God. If you're a child of God, you need to have your own personal Bible study and you need to join Bible study. Amen? Amen. Reading the Bible is not enough. There needs to be study of the scriptures. In fact, in Acts chapter 17 verse 11, they said they accepted the message eagerly. And this is speaking about individual persons. Acts 17 verse 11. They accepted the message eagerly. So when the message was preached in Acts, the people accepted the message. Watch this. And what? Studied the scripture every day. So when they heard something in church, they went home and did what? Studied the scripture every day. This passage is speaking of the Berean church. They are commended that they didn't just accept what Paul and Silas told them as truth. But they went back and looked at the scriptures every day to make sure that what Paul and Silas were teaching coincided with what scripture said. What is happening now is that people have people preaching to them and teaching them without fact checking it. Go back to the Bible. Second Timothy 2 verse 17 says, Study to show thyself approved unto God. A workman that needed not to be ashamed. Rightly dividing the word of truth. Recently, we had some workmen who were ashamed because they did not study. So they weren't able to rightly divide the word of truth. It happened in the second city. If people were spending time to go to scriptures, to check things, they would not have been in the situation that they were in. No pastor is above you going to study the scripture for yourself. Even Jesus, after he preached, he and the disciples would meet to go through what he taught. You remember he had to break down the parable of the seed and the sower to his disciples when he met with them separately? 
it's almost like they didn't get it. And there are some things you're not going to get in preaching. So you go and you study the word of God. We are to be good workmen. We are to know what God's word says and also what God's word means. How do you know what his word says and means? Only by the diligent study of his word. You see, anyone can learn to study the Bible. It's not a skill that is reserved for the professional theologians of our time. You can study God's word. You see, God intended each of us to know how to do more than just hear it and more than just read it. He intended us to study his word. You see, the secret of effective Bible study is knowing how to ask the right questions. And it is a skill that can be learned. When you get your Bible, you have to know the right questions to ask. Because Bible study is primarily observation of what the Bible says and keeping track of what you have observed. You see why you need to underline and write things down? Because you're going to read something in Deuteronomy that you're going to need to record because when you get into the New Testament, there's going to be a connection. Amen? You're going to read something in 1 Kings that in, when you get into first, uh, uh, Second Kings, there's going to be some connection. You have to make sure that you're keeping track and observe things. You have to be like an investigator. That's Bible study. It is investigating and observing what is there. So here are some questions you can ask. Uh, they are basic journalist questions that, that you can apply to any passage of scripture. Who, what, when, where, why, and how. Every time you are studying the Bible, who is speaking and to who they are speaking. What are they saying? When? Sequence of event. Where is this? Why is it necessary? And how does it apply? You know how I prepare sermons? Here's how I prepare sermons. Who, what, when, where, why, how? Who is addressing who? What they are saying to who? When was this said? Where was this said? Why was this said? And how does this apply? If it's not hard, you can do it. So just take those questions, look at a passage of scripture, ask those questions, and write down what you observe. And here's why that is important, because what you observe in a particular season could be different in a particular season in terms of the principle that God can teach you from the scripture. It may not even be what I observe because I may be seeing the scripture from a place where I'm broke. And you are reading the scripture from a place where you want to move to a higher place spiritually. So God shows you something completely different that applies to you based on your situation 
that he show and he shows me something that is different from what he has showed you that applies to my situation because scripture must always be relevant amen so keep a bible study notebook over the passages that you have studied it's a very simple way to begin studying, but it will get you started. So when you go to James, you buy a little exercise book. Buy an exercise book, no hardcover. And say, Book of James 2022. And you keep all your notes in there. Get a complete concordance that corresponds to the translation of the Bible that you use. In fact, I believe every Christian needs this if you really want to get serious about studying the Bible. I don't know if, if you have had this experience. I've had it. You know, um, the experience of talking to somebody and a verse comes to mind, but you can't remember where it is. A concordance will help you with that. You know, you, you, you're like that, right? You know, where, you know that the Bible says so and so, but you don't know where to find it. And, and, and as, as long as you can remember the same thing you keep saying. The, the Bible says, and somebody says, Oh, I love that. Where can I find it? I don't remember, you know. Get a concordance. You flip it out. It's easy. In, you have to invest in it, invest in your spiritual well being and growth. We can't be preaching that. Boy, this seems like the end times. But still we are spending less time with God. Concordance will give you a listing of every single word in the Bible and every time it is used. So if the, the verse you're looking, you're looking for has the word love in it, you can look up the word love in the concordance and find every place that the word is used in the Bible. And if you know that the verse you are looking for is in the New Testament, that narrows your search even more. If you know which book the verse is in, that helps narrow your search even more. So hear God's word, read God's word, look it over in detail and observe what is there. In other words, study it because God wants you to know his word. Number four, the next way to get a better grasp of the Bible is that we need to memorize God's word. Memorize God's word. Proverbs 7, 2 to 3 says this. Guard my words as your most precious possession. Possession. Listen, I, I love the Bible. Guard my word as your most precious possession. It says this. It says this. Write them down. You hear that? And watch. And also keep them within your heart. How do I keep the word of God in my heart? Nothing is going to do more for your spiritual life than memorizing scriptures. You see, one of the most powerful habits you can develop is to memorize scripture. As I have memorized scripture, I found a resource of God's wisdom when I needed it the most. If I hadn't memorized them, I, wouldn't have, I would have missed an opportunity to solve a problem. Give a word of answer. Hold on to a word of encouragement. Memorize scriptures because there are times when it is the scriptures that will help you get through a season. Get you out of a situation. And you need scripture but you have to have it in you so that it can come out of you. So 
let me give you three reasons why scripture memory is important. It will help us resist temptation. When the word is hidden in your heart, you will not sin against God. That's what Psalm 119 verse 11 says. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. When you memorize scripture, you are better able to resist temptation. We have an example of this with Jesus in the wilderness. When the devil tempted him, he quoted scripture every time he was tempted. Having scripture stored in our hearts and in our minds helps us resist temptation. Do you believe that? It also helps us make wise decisions. The Bible says your word is a lamp to guide me and a light for my path. Many times I've prayed, Lord, what am I to do now? And a verse would pop up in my mind because I memorized it. Thirdly, Memorize scriptures because it helps us when we are down in the dumps. All of us get down in the dumps at one time or another. We get discouraged. We get a little depressed. I know of no better way to lift our spirit than to receive, re, uh, repeat verses of praise to God. Verses like, great is the Lord and, and greatly to be praised. And his greatness is unsearchable. When you, when you begin, when you memorize scriptures like that and you begin to speak it in your times of depression and sadness, it gives you a lift in your spirit. I will sing to the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praises to my God while I have my being. You have to memorize scriptures because you're going to need them when you're down. A Bible on the shelf does no good at all. Having portions of it memorized does wonders. It has all the answers for life. But if you don't have it in your life, it doesn't make much difference. So the more you can get the book into your mind, the stronger a Christian you're going to be. So there are three ways, key ways to memorize scripture. This is not in your notes, but I know you're not going to forget it. The first key is to review. You go over it and you go over it. The second key to memorizing scripture, you're writing it, you write down the first one. What's the first one? Review. Write down the second one. The second one is called review. You go over it and you go over it and you go over it. The third key to memorizing scripture. You figure it out. <laughs> you go over it. You go over it. And you go over it. I know you're here saying, well, I just can't memorize anything. That is not true. How do you remember your name? It's by memorizing. You, you, listen, you don't know how impeccable your memory is. I'm going to show you how good your memory is. Let's count from 1 to 10 after 3. 1, 2, 3. Huh? 
Your memory is so good that you remember your ABC. Amen? How many of you remember your address? The truth is, we remember what is important to us. You remember what you're interested in. If you're interested in memorizing scripture, then you're going to be able to remember it. Amen? You see, memorizing scripture is the fourth way to get a better grasp of the Bible. The fifth way to get a better grasp on the Bible is that we need to meditate on God's word. When I mention meditate, many people um, think of someone sitting on a mountain top somewhere emptying out their brain. That is not biblical meditation. Alright? Biblical meditation is focused thinking about what a Bible, ver- a Bible verse in order to discover how you can apply its truth to your own life. That's biblical meditation. I think about it. I sit down. When you read your Bible, you can't just get up and run. And that is why you have to have a set time. So you can begin to meditate on what you have read. And think about how am I going to apply this. It is putting the Bible in your thoughts. Not pushing all the thoughts out. You see, there's a meditation. I will tell you to put out everything out of your mind. No. Biblical meditation is to put everything in the Bible in your mind. But the world's meditation is to get everything out of your mind. You see the difference? So the word for meditation is also the word rumination. Rumination. Right? It is a process where a cow chews its cud, swallows it, regurgitates it, chews it again, swallows it again, goes through that process some, something like seven times. The reason the cow does that is to get every bit of nourishment that it can from the grass it is eating. It is to make the grass juice. In other words, the cow is trying to get the juice out of the grass. When we meditate, we are getting the juice out of the word. That's what we are to do with God's word. We are to focus our thinking. Spend time on it. Trying to get every bit of spiritual nourishment we can from the word of God. Amen? How many of you are good warriors? Not warriors. Warriors. You're, you're worried, worry. You're always worrying. Right now you're worrying about something. You're worrying about your dinner. You're worrying if you get to wash your clothes then because of beer rain. And you did plan to wash today and rain and fall. And, and you never washed last week as a holiday. And now you plan to wash this week and God sent rain. Oh, what is man? You are worried about your clothes. <laughs> Worry is, is just negative meditation. That's all it is. <laughs> it's negative meditation. When you are worrying about something, what are you doing? You are, you are regurgitating. You are doing what the cow does. You are trying to get the juice 
out of the situation. It's just that, that you don't like the juice that you get at the end. <laughs> that's, that's the problem with this kind of worry. You understand me? Because the juice is just like what you're juicing. You understand me? It, it, it ain't good. You're thinking about it. You're lying in bed and think and think and you go through it in every way you can. And nothing changes. But biblical meditation is positive. It is taking a passage of scripture and thinking about it to get as much spiritual nourishment out of it that you possibly can. So biblical meditation is not emptying yourself. It is filling yourself with God's word. That is the difference with biblical meditation. 1 Corinthians 3 verse 18 says this. I want us to look at it on the overhead. As we contemplate, as we meditate the Lord's glory, as we consider the Lord's glory, watch this. We are being transformed into his likeness. Because you are becoming what you are thinking. So the more you think on God's word, is the more you are going to be like God. Amen? If you want to become like Christ, you need to meditate on God's word. Romans 12 verse 2, Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You see, meditation is part of that renewing process. When you meditate on scripture, God is able to renew our mind and replace those bad thoughts with Good thoughts. Joshua 1 verse 8 says this. Meditate on the word day and night as so you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Hallelujah. The scripture says if I spend time in God's word day and night, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to now develop an appetite to carefully do everything written in it. When I begin to do that, prosperity and success are added to my life. God's word says that prosperity and success are tied to meditation. Meditation gives us a better hold on God's word. That brings us to the final way to get a better grasp on God's word. We need to live God's word. It don't make sense. You read it, you hear it, you study it, you meditate on it, all of these things. And then you memorize it, and then you don't do it. Right? Like, like, we don't like people like that. It's like somebody, um, see Sister Lisa, he meditates. And her memorizes her name and her beauty. He writes all the love letters, keeps them to himself. He studies them, but he does nothing about it. They're not going to get married. Until he does something. I mean, not just Sister Lisa, but anybody, right? Just, just, right? Until he does something, or until she does something about all the stuff, nothing happens. Same thing with the word. Until we live the word, we can't feel and experience the true power in God's word. 
So the final step we must take is to apply God's word to our lives. James tells us, do not fool yourselves. I want you to stop there. That's why underlining stuff in your Bible. When you don't do the word, the only person you're fooling is yourself. Let me lift up my hands and say, listen, I have fooled myself. I want you to not fool yourselves. When you don't do what God's word says, you are fooling yourself. It says, do not fool yourselves by just listening to the word. Instead, put it into practice. It means do it. Then Matthew 5, 19 says, whoever practices and teaches these commands will be called great in the kingdom of God. Matthew 5, verse 19. Whoever what? Practices. Whoever what? Practices. Whoever what? Practices. Whoever what? Practices. All right. Do you know what the whole... You know that Matthew 5 is the longest sermon preached? That whole Matthew 5, you remember? It's where you find the what? Beatitudes and it says when you pray, when you fast, when you give, when you, all of these things. Teaching, preaching a sermon on the mount from around chapter 5 to around chapter 7. 5, 6, 7. You think pastor preach long? <laughs> Suppose the devil go out on a Jesus sermon up on the mountain. <laughs> you understand me? You'd sit down and get all hungry. Eat all your lunch. And sermon not done yet. See, this is the hardest part for many people. How do I get the Bible into my life? How do I apply scripture? I would say there are three questions you need to ask as you handle God's word. Here are the three questions you should ask. What did it mean to the original hearers? That's very important. What did it mean to the original hearers? Because some of the things that in the Bible, they were for the original hearers. That is why when you go in the Bible and them say you're going into ark, that's not for you. That was for the original hearers. Amen? Come on, come on, come on, come on, save me. Some things in the Bible are for the original hearers. But even though it's for the original hearers, you need to ask what are the underlying principles. Though what they did, you may not need to do, the principle needs to be understood. Amen? The principle of the ark is that safety is only found in Jesus. I don't need to get into one. I just need to be in Jesus. So I, I, I'm not going to build one because he has built it already. Amen? So I get the principle because what it meant to the original hearers, it don't mean to me. But the principle is timeless. Number three then, how can I practice that principle today? 
here, here's the next one. So Paul is speaking to the church. A very immature church that had, had many problems. And Paul started telling people like what to wear and what not to wear. He was speaking to an original here. But what is the principle? The principle is the principle of modesty. The principle is this. Whatever you do, do it as unto God. These are the principles. You get a principle. How does it apply when I come into God's house? Am I honoring God in how I am attired? Because certainly, certainly the question is not about pants and shirt and, and hair and jewelry. It's not about that. It's what's the principle. So he asks us, and how do you practice that? So as we close this morning, take the Bible. Hear it. Read it. Study it. Memorize it. Meditate on it. But most of all, apply it. Do what it says. Become a doer of the word. John tells us in John 3, 17. Now that you know these things, do them. That is the path of blessing. That's a good scripture to remember. John 3, 17. Now that you know these things, do them. That is the path of blessing. If you want to be blessed, you need to become a doer of the word. So I challenge you to commit to a better grasp on God's word. Have these cards. So I'm going to help you, right? I've found some of the easiest books in the Bible for you to build up the habit. They say if you can do something for 21 days consecutively, it will become a habit in your life. This is 22. It got, it, so, you know, it, it's good. It's 22 days. And here it is. It's a chapter a day. And they say a chapter a day keeps the stress away. <laughs> Amen. It's, it's, it's very easy. It's a 22 days. And after this you can read as you're led. But, but this is awesome, right? By the time you finish this, you'll finish the book of Philemon. James, 1 Peter, 2 Peter, 1 John, 2 John, 3 John, Jude. Hey, seven books out of 66, you know. 59 leave in one month. You understand me? And you have been trying to go through one book in the Bible for one year. I'm helping you to go through seven books in 22 days. Come on, say God is good. <laughs> so, I've left space underneath it so you can also keep a check. Because here's what I want you to do. I want you to bring this back to church at the end of the 22 days so we can see your check mark. So here's the thing now. Don't want to wait until the last day. You try to read everything. <laughs> and check it. Because 
You're not fooling me. You're fooling yourself. Here's what I'm going to challenge some of us to do. Just call some people. Now you have something to talk to them about. Hey, I mean, you know, wait until day 8. Hey, how did First Peter chapter 2 go today? Because everybody should be at the same place. You know exactly what book to ask them. Just say, listen, what, what does chapter 4 mean? Um, verse 4. Because you don't have to tell them the book, you know, because everybody reading the same thing. So if they have to ask you, which chapter you're talking? And which book you're talking? You say, alright, I'll talk to you. Because you know they ain't reading. Make sense? So when you call them, ask them, what are your thoughts on verse 7? What are your thoughts on verse 5? What are your thoughts on verse 3? Amen. Find some scriptures and memorize them. If you have experience in God, if you have the mind of Christ, in those two books, at the back of them, there's a lot of scriptures perforated that you can memorize and tear up. The persons who did that, you never took out one. And you say you complete the book. Alright? At least try and memorize the things that are in there. Amen? Listen, I want, just stand with me. I want to pray for you this morning because I want us to commit to God's word. Did you learn something this morning? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, just bow your heads with me this morning. Word of the Lord, church is living and powerful. Sharper than any two-edged sword. Don't take the word lightly. God doesn't operate outside of his word. And everything that we need to live a godly life is in God's word. And every life problem and concern we have, there is a portion of scripture that can help us to overcome and to win. If you can read your pay slip, you can read God's word. If you remember your salary, you can remember God's word. It's more important. This is the first month in the year. There are just some things we need to get right. And we need to get right into God's word. Come on, just lift your hand and I want you to pray this morning to God and say, Lord, you know what? I, 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 I'm personally making a commitment to you that I will read your word daily. Come on, just ask him to forgive you for not paying the kind of attention that you should have, you could have to his word.
Hallelujah. Say, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus. I make a decision of my will this morning. And I commit to consistently hear your word. And to write what you say so I can remember. I commit to reading your word every day systematically different translation and without notes I commit to meditating on your word God I will focus and think on scriptures I commit to memorizing scriptures every day Lord thinking about what scripture says regurgitating I commit to studying your word diligently studying your word so I will be a good workman rightly dividing the word of truth Above all, I commit to living your word, to applying it to my life, applying its timeless principles to my life every day. Let your word grow richly in me. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Come on, clap your hands for Jesus this morning. So, I challenge you to get your copy. And for the persons online, we will email them to you so you can have yours and print them and have them. You can put them up somewhere where you can see. We look forward to seeing you on Wednesday at Bible study. For those of you who are connected to a cell group, um, attend cell group enjoy the rest of your day and church please remain safe